The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Learn to quiet the noise of the ego and connect to the truth of your soul. Join former monk and host of the Practicing Human podcast, Corey Mascara, for Living in Alignment, a weekend workshop live stream, live from Omega Institute's campus in Rhinebeck, New York, June 28th through 30th. Rebuild your life from a place of embodied listening and quiet knowing. To learn more and register for this live stream, go to eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Season 2 of Students of Mind, the podcast where we aim to normalize conversations about mental health. Last season, we connected you with experts in the field of mental health to provide an understanding of topics and illnesses that may not have been easily accessible. This season, we will continue our learning journey together by not only speaking to experts, but also by listening to the voices and stories of real people who are living, surviving, and even thriving while also facing challenges with their mental health in their everyday life. This season, we want to hear your stories to get the full truth of what it's like to manage one's mental health and navigate living with mental illness. My name is Jade, and on today's episode, we will be focusing on the ancient mind and body practice yoga. I have two guests with me, Elika Aird and Anne Lahr, to talk about yoga and the ways in which a yoga practice can benefit mental health. I hope by listening to the show, you're able to learn something new and gain some encouragement through hearing our experts and listening to the journeys of our guests. However, this show is not a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Students of Mind podcast. Before we get into the show, I wanted to include something that I forgot to ask during the interviews. I asked both of our guests to answer the following question. What is yoga and how would you explain it to someone who has never heard it before? Here were their answers. Yoga is... A science. Yoga is an art. The word literally means to join, to yoke, or unite. And so yoga is not just the physical practice that most of us are familiar with. Yoga was started by connecting with nature, connecting with the breath. Meditation is probably the essence of yoga 
and it's often overlooked in, you know, the more active styles of yoga we call vinyasa or there's power yoga. But I feel like since everything's moved online and, you know, since the pandemic that actually the focus has become a little less put on the physical body because, you know, the teachers now have this challenge of, you know, trying to make sure people don't kill themselves <laughs> doing a class from their home and without guidance from a teacher right there with you. Um, but yeah, it's about really joining, uniting the body, the breath, the mind. And like I said, it could be in very, very simple postures. And then there's this whole range of practices that yoga is connected with. You know, it's connected with all these various poses, whether it's restorative, relaxing, um, or really active sun salutations. Um, the breath is a practice called pranayama. Um, yoga is actually made up of these eight limbs, right? So there's the eight limbs of yoga. And within this system of yoga, we have asana, which are the poses. That is one limb of yoga. The um, kind of moral or ethical um, kind of foundation for this practice is within the yamas and the niyamas. Um, there's meditation. There is um, these guidelines about, you know, taking care of your body. So uh, cleanliness is one aspect called sausha. Um, you know, it's a whole holistic way of living, being in tune with nature, right? So when you're joining and yoking and harmonizing your body and your breath, you can't ignore what's going on in nature, right? So that also means practicing at a time of day that is in rhythm with nature and your life. Um, that means, you know, possibly changing your practice in different seasons, in different weather. Um, so it is very broad, um, although, you know, in Western society, we're mostly focusing on the physical, um, but gratefully, this is changing more as our world is becoming more complex, moving faster. Um, we need to tap into these more subtle energies that can only come from, you know, sitting still, being more grounded, being a little more introspective. So I'm grateful um, for this range of, of tools, of, you know, different rituals also that come within this practice. It has gotten me through so many um, different transitions in my life, um, times of challenge and yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply grateful to these teachings, you know, and I do definitely honor the practices from India as well as practices that are associated with Africa. Kemetic yoga is a, a powerful practice and I'm starting to explore more of that now. So yeah, check out all the many styles of yoga and find you know what works best for you, for your needs, whether it's more therapeutic, whether it's more strength building, um, stretching, or if you wanna connect with your roots, you know, if you wanna explore Kemetic yoga, that's amazing.
So yoga at its core is really a um, system to cultivate optimal health through, I guess, reconnecting our minds and bodies and also so reconnecting like the different parts of ourselves, but also reconnecting with ourselves and reconnecting with each other um, and the world around us. So I really see it as a way to cultivate self-awareness to so really like understanding ourselves better and how we work, um, how we operate, how we behave so that we can move towards optimal health. So on all levels of who we are, so whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and so in the the texts that um, are like the basis of um, modern yoga, the yoga sutras of uh, Patanjali, we can really like follow the system or this process. Um, and it like talks about, you know, all the difficulties and challenges that we uh, encounter when we start to do this work and when we start to look within and reconnect with ourselves. And um, even though it was written thousands of years ago, it's still really relevant to, you know, how we live our life uh, today. And I guess one of the first um, things that he talks about is cultivating our ability to to focus on um, one thing and to maintain our, our attention on one thing. And so I guess to me, like yoga is all about fully experiencing ourselves in the present moment. And again, like according to that text, you know, a lot of our challenging and suffering that we experience is rooted in not being in the present moment. And so I guess everything that we do in yoga is is to bring ourselves back to um, what's happening right now. And, you know, when we are fully in the present moment, then there's no, I guess, worrying about what happened in the past. There's no worrying about what's going to happen in the future. Um, we can just fully experience what's happening right now. So, yeah, and I think, like, whether we look at the physical practice of yoga, you know, it's about experiencing our bodies and being in our bodies and uh, again like cultivating self-awareness and learning to listen and to understand what our body is telling us um, and then you know the breathing and the meditation and the yoga philosophy aspect are all I guess about that as well and about looking at how our mind works and through getting a better understanding of, of how our mind works, you know, we can, I guess, start to make the changes that we want to make. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's all about like creating that little bit of space between when something happens and our response to it. And when we are more in a reactive state you know we we don't really have time to make a conscious choice about what we do next and so with yoga you know this is like that opportunity to expand that that time expand that that space that we have and so that we can you know choose more consciously what our response to something is um instead of just being on autopilot and, you know, not realizing that we are getting triggered by something.
Yeah, so I I think that's probably how I would um, explain yoga. And then in, in a more, I guess, practical way, like what to expect um, for someone who is just starting to practice yoga, for example. You know, to me, it's really important to bring all the different aspects of yoga together and understand that it's, you know, it's not just about the, the physical practice and that there's so much more to it and to understand like how the different pieces uh, fit together. And um, why I think yoga is so powerful is because we can, we have so many different like entry points um, to this practice. And for a lot of people, it is the physical practice. Um, but, you know, there's the meditation, there's the, the pranayama, the, the breathing practices. And I guess all of them are different ways to impact and influence um, our well-being in a positive way. Today's first guest is my friend Elika Aird. Elika is a registered yoga instructor and birth doula with Doulas of North America. In our conversation, Elika talks about her discovery of yoga and how it helped with pain and reconnecting with her body after having injured her back. Elika also talks about chakras, the benefits of yoga during and after pregnancy, and shares what it's like to be in yoga spaces as a Black woman. Hi, Elika. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Hi. So glad to be here. Thank you so much, Jade. So I know I know a little about you because we are family friends, but can you tell you know my audience a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Sure. Um, I am a yoga teacher. It's the my first uh, kind of, you know, primary work in the world. And then I became a doula um, later on in my in my kind of wellness career. And so um, I do pre and postnatal um, doula support. Right now it's more, I don't actually attend birth, but I do give resources and other support and teach classes. Um, and then I, I teach yoga for pregnant women and I teach meditation classes. Um, my business is called Blissful Bodies Wellness. That's the new name. <laughs> We're, I'm like rebranding right now. And um, yeah, so I, I, you know, have moved so much of my classes that were, you know, public classes. Um, I moved a couple of them online and then now I just have one public class a week and then I do just, you know, special events as they arise um, and sometimes work with um, like governmental agencies and I'm working with a preschool here um, doing like a staff retreat uh, in with a company here in Raleigh coming up soon. Um, my first in-person event since COVID or actually, no, that's not right. Not my first. My first in North Carolina. Great. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm, I've been excited to start being able to like go to an in-person yoga class. So. Um, so my next question is just, you know, about your yoga journey. So when did it begin and 
what inspired you to start a yoga practice? Um, so, you know, I dabbled with a little yoga when I was a kid. I used to watch uh, this lady named Lilius um, on TV when I was a kid, like maybe eight, nine years old. But I didn't really get into yoga until um, I was about 27, I think. Uh, I was around 2000. And um, I hurt my back. I fell in a restaurant in Tennessee. And um, yeah, I was in so much discomfort. And before that, I was a personal trainer. Um, I was a spinning instructor. I was like really focused on my body, you know, and really, and really, um, you know, just always had a really strong body. I've never had to worry about injury. And so when I had the back injury and I had to limit everything and modify everything, it was really tough. And I, um, yeah, so I, I went to chiropractic for a while and that wasn't working. And then I, um, found yoga. And uh, my first form of uh, yoga was Iyengar, which I think your mom likes to do. I don't know if you do that also. Um, But that was my first style of yoga. Um, But then I went on later to study vinyasa and other forms of yoga also. But yeah, I started in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I started my yoga journey and did my training um, shortly after in 2005. So since starting your journey, how has yoga helped or affected um, like any aspect of your mental health? Um, Yoga has helped immensely. Um, You know, I'm one, like a lot of folks in this country, in this land um, that, you know, have fears, have anxieties. Um, you know, things come up and sometimes it's hard to sit with that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I definitely a very heady person. I can, um, you know, lean towards, um, more anxiety and, um, yoga really helped me get out of just that head place and really, you know, kind of move that energy in my body, um, so, you know, it literally like helped me feel grounded when part of me was going crazy and yeah, it gave me just a definite sense of being present, you know, when there was so much craziness, um, and yeah, just, it, it made me sometimes just feel like I had this refuge, you know, like I talk a lot or I used to talk a lot about coming home to the body is like your sanctuary, and I grew up in church and like this idea of the body being the sanctuary um, became such such a wonderful um, thing for me to, to kind of visualize um, when I didn't feel, you know, um, at peace, when I didn't feel at home in my body, when I had, you know, um, concerns about, you know, injury or or just body image. So, yeah, so yoga really, it, it gave me a lot of a sense of peace and um, it helped me to stay focused, right? When I was working a full-time job, working in a corporate setting um, and I wanted to leave that job, but but yoga really helped me to just stay present and, and like have faith, you know, through it all. 
Yeah. Um, just a follow up question. Uh, you talked about the, you know, your back injury. Um, and so I'm wondering, uh, in what ways did that back injury kind of affect your mental health? And like, how did you use yoga to kind of help with the injury and then any like mental health um, implications that resulted from the injury? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely probably felt, you know, a sense of, dep- well, I probably felt depression when I was younger, but, but yeah, it was very subtle. I think, um, this kind of depression that was there because like I said, I couldn't really, um, I couldn't use my body like I did before. You know, I could not lift weights. I could not run. Um, And so there was this feeling of kind of helplessness. And um, yeah, I had to, you know, practice. You know, one of the things we're asked to practice um, in meditation and yoga, which is contentment. And I just wanted to change everything at that time. So, you know, sitting um, for meditation and staying with my practice um, and being humble, you know, finding humility when I was, you know, just felt like my body just had completely, um, you know, just it, it had like given up, you know, I, I'd, I'd given up, like I said, and my body just felt like it was you know, no longer my friend. And I used to feel like my body was, you know, like I had befriended my body, but at this time I feel like I, we severed our relationship for a while. Um, my next question is just about, so yoga is, there's a lot (laughs) that falls under yoga. Like there's different Mm -hmm. types. Um, and I guess I'm wondering like what type of yoga, um, do like you use in order to keep you grounded Mm -hmm. and what aspects about that type of yoga you know help to keep you grounded and help to do things like uh cope with any anxiety or stuff like that yeah um my favorite practice um is restorative yoga something that i i used to do more of when i was teaching a regular class and you know, as I'm saying this to you now, I'm reminding myself to get out my bolster and I use it to sit on, but I don't always use it to do poses on. And so restorative yoga is a practice of um, slowing down and using props. If you don't have a bolster, you could use pillows um, or blankets. And it's a practice where you would hold the pose for five to 15 minutes. And this has been such an amazing um, kind of place that, you know, I was referring to that place of refuge, you know, where you find a pose that you can just really relax in with no efforting. Um, it's just transformative to, to just give that to yourself, you know, whether you go to a class or you do it on your own, I feel like it's a true gift because society is constantly telling us to do more and achieve more and improve yourself and take this class. And, you know, um, uh, when, when we're in that place of anxiety or, um, depression, a lot of it, I feel like is rooted in some like not enough 
And then when you just lay yourself down, you know, in these poses, it just, it, it really tells all the cells in your body, like, you're okay, right? Even though there's things you want to change, you're all right. Like, I love you. I appreciate you. So I, I, this practice has saved my life over the years, working in corporate environments and working in jobs I did not like or just were physically constrictive. Yeah, I feel like a lot of like yoga has, at least like in the mainstream, like social environment, it's become something where it's like, oh, this is like a workout. And like people, I see a lot of like advertisements for like vinyasa or like power yoga Mm -hmm. Um, and like less emphasis on like the restorative types Mm -hmm. of practices. Yeah. Um, So I feel like a lot of people may not even know like that that's a component of yoga. Mm -hmm. I I keep Mm -hmm. saying I'm going to put out more little mini restorative videos and thank you for reminding me of that. You know, like we really need it. And, um, and yeah, I want to just share with people, like you can just do this one pose a day and it could maybe help lower your blood pressure. Um, it could maybe, you know, help to ease some of that anxiety that you're feeling or, uh, insomnia that you're having. Um, so you said you do like prenatal yoga, um, And I just, I guess my question is, uh, in what ways does yoga help with like the process of pregnancy and then uh, birth and then after the pregnancy? um, What are some ways that yoga helps with all of those processes? Oh, man, yoga, it's wonderful. And I pray that one day, you know, yoga is accessible to all women and it is reaching, you know, communities that are, that will, that have been marginalized and um, it's reaching more people, I think, than ever before, of course, which is great. And um, because it does have so many benefits. Um, But, you know, I really wish that every woman in pregnancy could do yoga, like three days a week uh, is my, is my, vision for women someday. There'll be community centers, you know, that are just to support women um, in pregnancy. But so besides the physical uh, strengthening, the sense of opening that yoga gives, it also, you know, really helps to prepare uh, a woman and their partner uh, in the mind-body you know, creating more mind-body balance, which I feel like is super important because labor is, is, is the most important time to really get your mind and body in sync, you know, even though it is a physical event, you know, I always let my students know that the body will keep going, but the mind will give out quicker. You know, the mind will tell you, you can't do this. Um, but your body will just will, will keep pushing. It's really made to birth unless you have some pre-existing injuries or concerns. Um, but yeah, it has, um, you know, of course, the, the strengthening of the legs, strengthening of the pelvic floor is important in pregnancy, um, helps to 
limit the compression on your spine. You know, as the baby's growing, the uterus is growing, it's putting all this pressure on your spine and your um, digestive organs. So yoga is kind of helping to create more circulation and help some of that compression to not create so much discomfort in the body. Um, and then I also say like some of some women just are going to have discomforts and it is just a part of their pregnancy and it's going to help prepare you to be a mama and, and to help you deal with things that are just nagging and uncomfortable. So, you know, even though we do yoga, we go to the chiropractor, possibly go to acupuncture, do all these things to prepare, um, you know, sometimes you're still going to have discomforts and, um, you know, you keep moving and that's when you cultivate some of that contentment. Uh, I was saying I was struggling with at some at one point in my early yoga journey. Um, but I just wanted to add also for postpartum, it does similar things. It helps to strengthen the pelvic floor, of course, just brings back that balance in the body, um, toning the core abdominals, um, releasing muscles that have tightened up because you've been less active um, as a new parent. Um, and, you know, so it's going to stretch, it's going to strengthen, but it's also going to help that mind-body balance that you were using to grow that baby. Now you're going to really need to tend to your energetic body um, because you're getting less sleep. You are, um, you know, there's just such a, a strain on your, your mind, your body. It's, it's just important to really renew your sense of vitality um, because being a new parent is really hard. And I also recommend um, the, the partners also do some kind of mind-body practice, whether that's yoga um, or mindfulness meditation, something to get them on on board with this, uh, to just be really holistically looking at birth and parenting. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> so you said you used the term energetic body and I, uh, since some people, uh, listening probably aren't familiar with some of the terminology that's used in yoga. Can you talk about what, the, um, the energetic body is? Yes. Um, so there's different systems out there, um, but I'm mostly connected to the Hindu system um, and that looks at the energetic body in um, what's called chakras. And chakras are these locations in the body. They're not really physical locations, um, but they're associated with organs, right? And they're kind of like a general area, right? Like your pelvic floor is one um, is one chakra, so it's the base of your pelvis. Um, your fourth chakra is your whole heart area. It's not just your your heart; it's like the heart space. Um, so these are looked at as part of your energetic body, and so the idea is. Um, that we can't just tend to our physical body, right? And ignore these energetic centers um, in our body. So the heart connects to an electromagnetic field. Um, your throat is called the fifth chakra. 
And this connects to um, the element of ether. Um, and also it connects to our, um, our ability to communicate, right? And so when these areas are blocked, say your heart is blocked energetically, um, or your throat is blocked energetically, that means you, you may not be able to express yourself in the way that you'd like to. Um, and so these are things that we look at um, when you're preparing for birth and hopefully just, you know, when you're living in the world, if you're into yoga, you're probably talking about chakras and energy um, and how to balance these centers with yoga, with sound healing, um, with various exercises and kind of lifestyle um, changes. And these are ways to help balance out your energy centers. Yeah, that's, I think that's really helpful. Yeah, because I don't think, like when when people talk about energy, it's, yeah. I feel like it's used very loosely sometimes and it's not really explained. So I think that's going to be really helpful for people. Yeah. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I love when people have questions like that, Jade, that's just like, yes. And I, I love talking about chakras. So when people have questions, cause I, and I feel like sometimes we assume everybody knows what they are. Um, but it's important to clarify and like, you know, we say we want to make yoga more accessible then, right. Then make sure, you know, you know, who you're speaking to and make sure you're, you're not speaking above people's heads, you know, and it's, it's so good when you educate folks and like, yeah, share something new with them and they might be really intrigued and want to learn more. Yeah. And, and I think like speaking about accessibility, I feel like, um, at least for me, I, there's like a very small or it feels like a very small community of like black people, um, doing yoga. Like, I feel like a lot of what you see is like young white women (laughs) being instructors and like holding classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, like, what's your experience being um, a Black yoga instructor? And have you seen, like, throughout the years, more Black people um, starting to have yoga practices? Um, and also, just is there a way that doing yoga, I don't know, contributes to how you, like, live as a Black person? Uh-huh. Definitely. I have been in that place where I feel like, yes, yoga is just saturated with, you know, skinny white women. And I'm so grateful to also see the change. Um, And possibly, you know, maybe my perspective being a little older and, you know, seeing where yoga has come in the last 20 years, maybe it's a little bit different than yours. um, But I really... I'm grateful to see, you know, brown people um, in Yoga Journal um, and just seeing more yoga teacher trainings coming up, like just for black folks, just just for people of color. It's amazing. Um, And then just more accessibility, you know, like even my teacher will offer a scholarship every time she does like one of these little mini trainings or workshops, um, like workshop series. 
she'll offer a scholarship for someone. So um, I'm very encouraged by the direction we're going in. Um, and as a black woman teaching, you know, my experience teaching yoga has really changed, you know, coming from Atlanta where I started and there were definitely very few black teachers um, and, and mostly white students. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel any separation really. It did not bother me. I didn't think about it so much, maybe because, you know, Atlanta is, is the, the black culture is so prominent there. You know, I just didn't think about it, but I had a friend who, um, she definitely had an issue with being a black teacher, you know, with just all white students and mostly older students, but she grew up in the South. And I think just her experience was really different. Um, when I actually felt like, uh, this, this sense of separation, then, and just like, was really aware that I'm, you know, the only one in some of these studios is when I came back to California in 2012 or 2010 and then started teaching in Oakland. And this is where I could really feel just like I stood out, of course, and also, um, you know, would get comments, questions, just things that were uh, that felt a little condescending and just, you know, had just some very interesting interactions with people. Um, but I also will also say, I, I, I will kind of say I played a part in this. You know, I allowed people to affect me, allowed people's like microaggressions or whatever to affect how I showed up in the world. It, it like made me dim my light. It made me, you know, feel... Um, like, yeah, like people were against me. So anyway, I'm not saying, I'm not condoning it. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, it isn't what it was. But at this point in my life, I see it, but it doesn't bother me like it used to, right? Um, because I do see the change. I do see the growth. I do see that we're talking about um, these these issues that are happening in yoga spaces and now online um, and I'm just, I'm just seeing, you know, studios actually being called out, studio owners being called out for um, making racist comments, for not being inclusive, um, you know, and also, yeah, just like people claiming Black Lives Matter, you know, in, in their, uh, in their studio space and in their emails, but like not really living as if Black Lives Matter, right? Like being very hypocritical. So people are being brought to the light, which I think is good. <laughs> it's time um, that we get really real with this practice. This practice asks us to practice what's called satya, which is truthfulness. And, um, you know, I think we all get different, um, we get to have different experiences with where, our, with where our truthfulness comes, right? Sometimes the yoga practice, the physical practice is where you need to be truthful with yourself. You know, I teach people not to go past their limits, not past their edges. And that's where you need to be truthful. And some people need to get truthful off the mat, you know, in other ways. I think I've also seen like an expansion of yoga to 
black communities especially like in the past year like i feel like during the pandemic um a lot of black yoga instructors kind of like blocked social media um and like there's a an instagram account called i think it's called black to yoga and they have like a different black instructor yeah Yeah. like teach a class every day yes i taught for them one time yeah yeah so like i've seen like a few pages like that that have for me have been helpful because it's i mean it's just nice practicing yoga in a space with people that look like me yes definitely Okay, well, that's all of the questions I have. Um, What are some ways that um, my audience and I can stay up to date with you and the work that you're doing and any classes that you have coming up? Um, You can sign up for my newsletter on my website and um, also follow me on Instagram. If, If you're on Instagram, there's a link there to my website at the in the bio. Yeah, I'll put it in the um, description for the episode. Um, thank you so much for this. I'm I'm really glad we got to talk about this and catch up a little bit. Our second guest for today is Anne Lore a French-born, Arizona-based International Association of Yoga Therapists certified yoga therapist. Today, you will hear Anne Lar share about her journey from being an electrical engineer to becoming a yoga therapist and assisting people in their mental health journeys. Anne Lar also shares what it means to be a trauma-informed yoga instructor, the mental health yoga connection, and her approach to yoga therapy. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Absolutely. So my name is uh, Anne Laura and I'm a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist. So I've been teaching yoga for about six years now and I guess over the course of the six years, like the way I'm teaching and the work that I do have has evolved into focusing on um, yoga for mental health and yoga for emotional health. So essentially what I help people with is to um, find, I guess, freedom on all aspects of who they are. So emotional freedom, physical freedom, spiritual, uh, spiritually as well, and um, mentally as well. Um and I think yoga is particularly powerful for that because um, we are bringing the body back into that healing process. And I think that um, often when we look at mental health and emotional health, you know, we tend to look at it from like a very, I guess, mental place like thinking about it talking about it and often like we don't bring the body back into that healing process so I think that's where yoga can really make a difference in in supporting people on that journey um so yeah so I 
do that through group classes. I do that through working one-on-one -on -one with people and offering uh, programs online as well. Great. Thank you. Um, my first question was going to be uh, like, how are yoga and mental health connected? But I think you kind of touched on that a little bit. So um, I guess my next question is just, when did you begin um, practicing yoga and, and what prompted you to begin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I started practicing, I think it's been almost 10 years now. Um, and at the time I was working as an electrical engineer in a, as a like in a corporate uh, kind of job. And um, I was looking for, I guess, a, a way like physical movement, but something that was a little more than that, I guess. And that's how I came across yoga. I was a little bit of a I guess I just ended up in a yoga class somehow with a friend and um, it just kind of started my journey at this point. But when I started, it, I was really focused on the physical aspects of yoga. So just the physical practice of yoga. Um, and I guess over like the next couple of years, I started to realize that there was so much more to the practice of yoga and um, how it benefited me in so many different ways and not just uh, through my body although I think that like practicing yoga um, it brought me a lot of confidence in my body and that translated into confidence in myself as well and really helped um, me deal with stress and um, I guess in hindsight at the time I don't think I was fully aware of that but in hindsight um i had been going through like cycles of anxiety and depression and yoga kind of helped me smooth that out a little bit and um i guess bring more awareness around what i was experiencing and how it was um showing up in my body and showing up in my in my life in general um and so when I started teaching yoga, I guess that's kind of the direction that I took pretty quickly, like, you know, teaching yoga for the the mental health benefits. Um, can you talk more about the aspects of yoga that make it helpful for things like anxiety and depression? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, like I touched on a little bit, I think... Um, the the way that yoga can be helpful is by including the body in the healing process um but i mean yoga as a whole like you know we're talking about physical we're talking about the breathing um meditation um yoga philosophy and i think bringing all of these things um together so you know through the yoga philosophy maybe we are shifting our perspective and looking at things a little bit differently and then through the breathing and through the physical aspects we are kind of integrating those um things that we are learning and um there are a lot of ways that we can um i guess integrate that into our, our life through like very practical ways so I, I like to share with my students that you know you don't have to like go to an hour-long yoga class to to really um, benefit from yoga I think the way that I like to do it for myself and teach others to do it is to you know 
really like weave it in to your daily life um and for it to be like a, a a practice like it's always a practice and it's always something that is part of of life um and so i guess with the example of anxiety you know like there's different things that we can do when we are feeling good and different practices that we can do when we are feeling good and then it's a different story when we are like you know in the midst of it um and so i think yoga gives us the tools to both like um manage the symptoms that come up um through breathing practices through movement practices and also you know look at what's underneath that as well so look at the underlying things that are going on that are potentially causing those symptoms um and to really like hold space for ourselves to um to look at what's underneath um and i think like it's it's one step and it's a great step to start looking at how is anxiety showing up for me what is happening for me and to try and um i guess manage those things so that we can feel better more of the time and when we get to that place i think it's also important to start digging a little bit deeper and i think like through the yoga philosophy and um through the meditation practices that's how we can start to look at those things a little bit deeper right yeah i i've been practicing yoga for a few years now and it helps so much with like just mood in general and just um feeling like having energy um cuz for me like my depression symptoms kind of show up as like a lack of energy and like really fatigued. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I asked like what aspects are helpful is because I haven't like, I don't know, <laughs> like it just seems so like magical in a way that like this type of practice can help so much with like mm -hmm. my anxiety and depression. Yeah. I, I think the big part of it too, is that it, it really helps us to like, you know, reconnect all the different parts of ourselves and reconnect our body, mind, emotions. And there's this uh, concept in yoga philosophy called the koshas, um, which are like, I guess, the, the different layers of um, that make up who we are. And so you have the physical layer, you have the, um, the breath or like life force layer, and then you go a little bit deeper again, and that's like the mind layer. So, you know, the thoughts that go through your head and things like that. And then going a little bit deeper again is like the emotional aspect. And then at the very center is like our core self, uh, who we are, like underneath everything. And so I think yoga really like brings all of this together and allows us to see how it's all connected and um for me in particular like what i think um usually like triggers the cycles of anxiety and depression is really connected to my emotional state um and how when i'm feeling like really overwhelmed and like kind of drowning in my emotions that's like more my like anxiety kind of state and some you know then i kind of go back to the opposite and just feeling like i just don't want to feel anything and i just want to push it all away <laughs> and that's kind of more where like the the depression shows up for me so 
Um, and I think it's very different. It can be very different, like what's at the root, you know, for different people. Um, and I think that's where yoga like can can help us go a little bit deeper with that. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the work that you do in supporting um, other people with their mental health through yoga and like what that looks like for you? Yeah. Um, so I work with people one on one because I really think that, you know, it's it's not one size fits all. And it's important to look at um, the whole picture and uh, what's going on for someone at any given point and um i guess like the first thing that i usually um go through with people is like like getting that you know holistic um picture of where they are at and what is going on for them and what what they are experiencing and it kind of, you know, it depends like who I'm I'm working with and, and it depends where they are at. And so some people, um, they might need tools to help them um, manage the symptoms of anxiety, depression or trauma. Um, and, you know, maybe they're having trouble sleeping. So then we start looking at that so they can be in a state that um, where they feel better more of the time. Um, and then after that, so I, I guess, help them create and they like, cultivate that self-awareness of like, you know, what is happening throughout the day, like what... Um, maybe like if it's related to emotions like you know is there something that is not um allowed to like be felt and be um brought to the surface um so i think that self-awareness piece is really important so that you know like even the, the physical practice of yoga is great for, for that self-awareness because i i think that often the things that we or the way that we approach our yoga practice um is similar to like the way we can we approach other areas of our lives so that can be a great way to like start bringing those things to the surface and start creating that that self-awareness and then it's about um helping people develop like a, a practice um which will include different elements of yoga depending on on what their needs are and uh, where they are at. So developing that personal practice that they can use like on a daily basis to, um, you know, shift their mood or um, or start to look at those patterns and and shift those patterns. Um, and all of this is so that they can. Um, I guess cultivate that that self trust and that knowing that they can figure it out and that knowing that um, they can navigate whatever happens and um, uh, like I've, I hear sometimes that you know anxiety is about like like anxiety and depression are linked to like the past and the future and yoga is very focused on like being in the present moment. Um, and so all of these practices are, 
are great tools to bring us back to the present moment and also hold they create that safe space for ourselves and being able to hold space for ourselves to feel maybe things that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel um to i guess sit with the things that are uncomfortable um because i think that you know a lot of that discomfort that, that we try to run away from a lot of the time um in a lot of different ways um is really like where the growth can happen and um but yeah it is really uncomfortable so as i guess a yoga therapist like i hold space for people as well to to be in those spaces that feel uncomfortable and to help people develop this safe spaces for themselves so that they can do that for themselves as well I have a quick follow-up question I I'm just wondering um like what inspired you to become a yoga therapist as opposed to just like a regular yoga instructor Mm -hmm. um yeah like what inspired you to like use yoga to help with people's mental health struggles I th- I think seeing the benefits for myself is really what um, inspired me to do that um, and to start teaching yoga in the first place. And then in terms of move like going deeper and and uh, studying to be a yoga therapist, I think at that time I I felt that I needed more skills um, to be able to do that. Um, and I. I already knew that I wanted to to focus on on mental health because I I think it, because it's been a struggle for myself and so I've I've been wanting to um learn the tools for myself and and then also be able to do that for other people. Um I guess yoga therapy is is a little bit different than yoga te- well I guess um if you go back in the history of yoga yoga was traditionally taught like uh, one-on-one and so the way that it is being taught um, in studios and things like that is you know different from um what it used to be like and so i feel like yoga therapy is kind of bringing that back and um yoga therapy is about focusing on on um yeah like transmitting this teaching one-on-one or like in small groups of people who are maybe experiencing the same like similar things um so yeah and i i guess i i felt that i i wanted to work more one-on-one with people um i felt that it would you know have a uh for me anyways, I felt like that it, it would have a deeper impact um, working one-on-one with people. And so that really, I feel, gave me um, some extra skills to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's really cool. This is like the first time I'm really like learning about yoga therapy. But yeah, it's it sounds great. <laughs> um, I saw on your website that you talk about being a trauma-informed yoga instructor. Um, So can you talk about what that means? And can you also talk about how yoga um, helps with processing trauma? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in terms of being a trauma-informed yoga teacher, I guess it taught me, again, some extra skills to be able to 
know um, what trauma is, how people experience it, um, you know, how it can become PTSD. Um, and, you know, I guess having a better understanding of um, what might be going on for someone. And I think it's, um, there's more and more people, I feel like, who walk into or like have been recommended to do yoga to help with mental health and trauma. And, um, you know, they come into group yoga classes, which sometimes can be a little bit um, confronting and not maybe not exactly what it, it is that they need at this particular time. And so I, w I just wanted to be able to have that understanding so that even in the way that I was teaching um, to groups, um, I had more of that awareness. And so what that means is that, you know, it's like staying at the front of the room where people can see you um, talking about what you're going to do and then doing what you're going, what you said you were going to do. Um, it's about um, generally like avoiding adjusting people when they are in a particular yoga pose or asking for consent at the beginning of the class so like bringing that into the way that that a, a class is being taught um and i guess all in all just like creating a space where people feel um safe and in terms of how yoga can help with that i think that trauma is stored in our bodies and so, again, like yoga brings the body back into that um, healing process. And when we are moving our bodies or putting our bodies into certain positions, you know, it's it's starting to move, um, move maybe energy that has been stuck in the body for a long time because of trauma. Um, I think uh, like, you know, having the skills to to know what to do when that happens for people is is also, I think, what is part of like being a being trauma informed. Um, so, yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes to yoga and trauma, like it's also about like the yoga yoga philosophy brings into can bring like different perspectives into it and allow i guess through the movement and the breathing to like you know wire like new neuro pathways in the brains that um can help um i guess bring awareness to patterns that um are there because of trauma and um and start to i guess shift those patterns through the movements through the breathing um yeah I mean through like i guess self reflection as well um does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I I guess a follow-up question is, um, do people usually come to you um, as like a first kind of option for them to start healing in terms of their mental health? Or do they usually come like after already seeing a therapist um, or like a psychiatrist? Or is it like a wide, wide range of situations? Yeah, um, I think at this point, um, it's not probably the first place that people look in terms of um, getting support for mental health. Um, but I think that is that's that is changing quite a bit. And I guess most of people who have come to me um, have come through a therapist who uh, recommended yoga for them. And 
Yeah, often like I think it's a great um, complement to to therapy, and I think like it can be great to have a therapist for extra support as well. Like I'm not a I'm not a licensed therapist, so my skills are quite different. But I think, for example, you know, like things that we do with yoga could you know bring up some things that then can you know be processed with the help of a therapist for example so i think that's that's where most people you know when they come to yoga for mental health i think most of them will have um started with um, more traditional therapy i think but i i really think that like a great way way forward is to really like bridge that gap between the way that we've approached things as a like western culture and um i guess the eastern perspective on on all of this um because i think there are great things from both of these um approaches and i think it can be really like transformative and healing to to get support from from both of them and so i think a lot of like therapists are starting to incorporate more of those you know holistic practices into the way that they work with their clients and understanding like the power of the body and the power of the breath when it comes to healing um and yeah that's i think that's amazing to to see that that shift happening yeah i i agree i feel like i've seen that too um of just like you said people taking a more holistic approach or like starting to like look at the at themselves as like having multiple components and you can't really treat all parts of you with just like one way of yeah. healing mm -hmm. so yeah that's for me at least that's where like yoga has been really helpful and like kind of tapping in to all parts of me instead of like focusing on just one component mm -hmm. of myself yeah. yeah yeah that's amazing yeah, so um, how can, you know, my audience and I stay up to date with the work that you do? And if someone wants to, um, like, schedule a time to meet with you or something, how can they do that? Yeah, so they can um, reach me through my website. So it's yogawithanlore.com. And so I offer the first 30-minute um, session for free. So that, you know, we can get to know each other, see if it's a good fit. And um, during that 30 minute session, um, you know, they will also walk away with like a practice that is uh, specific for them. Um, and if they want to continue working together, we can go from there, uh, from that first session. Um, so that's that's really the best way to um to reach me and to learn more about what I do. Um, I'm also active on Instagram at um, Yoga with Anlor and Facebook at the same handle. And I have a um, Facebook group as well that is focused on yoga um, and emotional freedom. Um, so I share a lot of insights in there as well about how yoga can help with emotional and mental health. Um, I share some practices in there as well, so that's a that's a great way for them to to get to know me and uh, learn about what I do as well. Great, thank you so much for taking some time out to be here. I really enjoyed this, and I'm excited to share it with my audience. Awesome, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I, you know, I've been listening to your podcast, and uh, I just it's really so fascinating, like all the different 
aspects of mental health that um, you you share on this podcast with different guests. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Students of Mind. I want to say thank you again to Elika and Anne Lar for being on the show and sharing their experiences. If you'd like to learn more about Elika and Anne Lar or yoga in general, go to the description of the episode or to my website, studentsofmind.com. If you want to see more of the Students of Mind team, links to all of our socials are in the description as well. If you have time, please give the podcast a rating and review. This helps our episodes and all of the information and insights reach more ears. Thank you again for listening. I hope you learned something new and I will see you next time. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.